Well, it's my joy and privilege to welcome all of you to our Easter Sunday morning service. I guess we've never ever done it like this and probably you've never experienced a Sunday on an Easter like this. Yeah, I'm really glad that you're able to join us and I pray that the different things that are going to happen through the service, the prayers, the different uh, opinions that people bring about the meaning of Easter from their own personal perspective, the preaching of God's word, singing, everything that we do, we want to do it to glorify God and encourage you. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to us, challenging our hearts, bringing encouragement and helping us to know him, the one that is risen today. Christ is truly risen.
FM family. Today we're gonna. Today I'm gonna talk about uh, um, Easter. The Easter story is about Jesus dying on the cross. God created whole beautiful world, and He created humans to look at His creation. We were sinners, and we messed everything up. So God had to make a plan. At Christmas, he came as a baby to experience what it was like to be man. Then his plan took place at Easter. Jesus rode upon a donkey and people put palm branches on the road to greet him. The people were so excited and they threw their cloaks down before him because he did amazing things for us. Some people smiled, but some people wore a frown. Some hated Jesus and wanted to kill him. Jesus had a special meal with his friends that was called the Last Supper. And then Jesus um, hands out the bread and the wine, so he breaks up the bread. It's a bread, get a bread. And thank God. Thank you for God. And this is my body. This is my body. Um, he, and then Jesus took a cup of wine and, and thanked God for it and said, this is my blood. And then they all took a drink of it. Jesus went to the garden to pray with some of his friends. And he says to his disciples, watch over him while he prays. And while he prays, the disciples were asleep and Judas with the um, soldiers come into the garden. Then Jesus got captured. Then some men took Jesus to the Pharisees. And Pilate thought that Jesus had not done anything wrong, but then, but then the crowd was shouting, kill him, kill him. Then the people argue about if they want to set Jesus free or set Barabbas free, which is one of the criminals who'd been in the jail. Then the soldiers made Jesus carry a big, heavy cross and jammed a thorn of, crown of thorns on his head. And then um, they put him on the cross and they put a sign up in purple to say, Jesus is the King of God. Then Jesus died. He died on the cross so that we could be forgiven and have a relationship with him. Jesus' body got taken to a tomb and they rolled a big heavy rock over the entrance. And then three days later, He rose back again so that we can be with him forever. He rose again. And then some women came. An angel fell down to the tomb and said that um, that he is risen and that um, everyone should tell the good news. And that's the Easter story. So what does Easter mean to you, Lucy? Easter means to me that I am forgiven. God died on the cross for you. And it came alive again. Because God is our friend and he loves us lots and lots. That's all I say. Easter eggs. Jesus dies on the cross, then it, to take away to forgive us, then he rose again. That means um, we've been forgiven. Jesus dying on the cross and forgiving our sins. It's a year that we get a rest to to celebrate Jesus dying on the cross to forgive our sins. Um, I think it's a special time um, because Jesus was raised from the dead. It's a special time for all Christians around the world. Jesus died on the, on the cross 
for our sins to save us. What we're keep doing sin, like telling lies. So dear friends, my mom, my mom's family, CFM, keep reading the Bible and praying. Ah, and always remember to worship God. Easter means to me new life because Jesus died on the cross and rose again so that we could have a new life with him. Easter means to me that um, that I'm feeling that Jesus lives in my heart. And we can have chocolate. Oh, Dad, Jesus loved me so much in the whole wide world. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. He is risen. is risen. Yay! He is risen indeed. He's risen indeed. He is risen indeed. He indeed has risen. He is risen indeed. Hello. So, what does the risen Lord mean to me? Well, <coughs> over the past few weeks, I've uh, had plenty of time to think, as I guess <laughs> many of us have. Um, and I was thinking about the disciples and how they must have felt leading up to, to Good Friday. They would have been full of excitement, going to Jerusalem, wondering what was happening, wondering what Jesus was doing, hearing all these wonderful, amazing things, seeing these, all these miracles. Then on Good Friday, Good Friday, Jesus dies on the cross. And for those disciples, I wonder how they felt. And I just think they probably feel lost, hopeless, wondering if the last three years their lives have been wasted. Um, and lots of other things. And then I guess they would hold to the scriptures that they would believe that they would hope and deeply believe that Jesus would rise again. And then so I think about the Saturday that they would just felt lost, so so lost on that Saturday and wonder fearful for their lives, feel that they might be killed, captured, and their lives would be finished. And uh, I feel a bit like that myself at the moment that uh, I had a life before and I guess we all had lives that were full and, and vigorous and doing things and meeting people and hugging people, which I really, really miss. And it just seems a bit lost and we don't know where we're going. But but there is Easter and on Easter this morning Jesus rose again can you imagine what it would be like to be those disciples can you imagine the the unbelievability the the joy the ecstasy that everything was just as it should be and that is it that is the joy of Easter because it is the hope in the nothingness that there is a time to come when it will be fulfilled that we will have joy and even in this this virus we hope that at the end of it there will be joy there'll be hugging there'll be uh, worshiping together coming together and and even in this darkness now there's jesus and when we get out to celebrate easter fully our risen lord together it'll be a day of celebration so happy easter have a, a great day and god bless i really like this time of year springtime with the trees bursting into life and the flowers coming into bud and before I became a Christian that's what Easter represented it's a bit different now and I can really hope in the message of Easter and the resurrection and a song which means a lot to me is in Christ alone and especially the verse um, where it says bursting forth in glorious day up from the grave he rose again and it never fails to send a shiver down my spine and that's what gives me hope this easter that death is not the end and that jesus has the final word and whatever's going on around us um we can choose to put our hope in jesus and in new life and to trust in the things that are not seen and to trust in the resurrection promise that Easter brings. So I just encourage you this Easter to not focus on the circumstances around you, 
but to focus on, on what really Easter means. alone my hope is found he is my light my strength my song this cornerstone this solid ground firm through the fiercest drought and storm what heights of love what depths of peace when fears are stilled when striving cease moment a lot of things that we thought were secure and safe um, have just been completely thrown up in the air like we don't know where finances are coming from mm, we are unsure about the health of different family members we don't know when we're going back to schools universities and things um, and it's just you know all these things that seemed safe and seemed secure um, have just been turned upside down um, and I think at the moment like God is giving me hope because he has never changed he's completely secure um, and any faith that we have in him is completely um, in this solid solid God um, and he's unchanging he's never changed and he's the exact 
exact same God that created the universe. He's the same God now and he's not going to change um, ever. And so I think at the moment, although, you know, at times I do feel completely overwhelmed. Um, I do feel so confused and um, I do just feel like, you know, everything has changed at the moment. Um, like God, God just gives me hope because the promises that he's made about where we're going, about who looks after us, about, um, about how much care he has for each of us individually, those promises still stand and he's, and he's proven it, he's proven himself to be trustworthy. You know, when, um, he was going to the cross. He told his disciples that he was going to die on the cross, um, but to not worry because um, <clears throat> to not worry because in three days he was going to rise and he was going to be back with them. Um, and you know, sure enough, he died on the cross and everything changed for them. Uh, everything was turned upside down for the disciples. Um, and three days later, he kept his promise and he was back with them. Um, and I think just, you know, throughout the Bible, he's always proven himself trustworthy. He's always proven himself to keep his promises. Um, and so I know that the promises that he's given to us in the Bible are just completely secure, um, which is so feels the opposite of how the world feels at the moment um and so that's how that's why i feel peace why do i have hope in the risen jesus um in current circumstances i think for me there's there's three things one is that i uh, have known god's promise and the outworking of it to not leave me in the storm it doesn't take me out of the storms and difficult circumstances in life, but my experience is that he's been with me through them. I think the second thing I would say is there is more to life than what we physically see. There's more going on. And the Bible teaches there's all sorts of other stuff, powers and principalities and stuff. Um, and God has the final word. And then the third thing I'd say is that there, beyond this life and beyond our lives, our future is secure. God has promised us heaven. God has promised to be with us forever. And this, whatever happens, cannot touch it. So that's why I've got hope. If Jesus has been resurrected from the dead, and I believe that he has, then it means that God is in control. And he is in control of our lives. Whatever challenges we're facing right now, whatever we're going through, God is in control and he has a plan and therefore I can rest in him uh, that whatever I'm going through he knows and he has a plan for my life. What a God we have! How fortunate we are to have him, this father of our master Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for including a future in heaven and the future starts now. God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. The day is coming when you'll have it all, life healed and whole. And that for me is the essence of our hope that this time is forcing us to set our vision further ahead beyond this life on eternity. And we have this wonderful future and hope to look forwards to because Jesus has been raised from the dead. Happy, Happy Easter! Easter. <laughs> Greetings from Cornwall. We're back in the UK now, a bit sooner than we expected for the birth of the baby. Um, yeah, we're staying with my parents in Cornwall at the moment. Um, <laughs> and we're hoping that at some point we can get up north to see you all before we head back overseas. Yeah, we uh, miss being with you all. Um, we know it's a, a challenging time for many of you. Um, but as we celebrate the uh, resurrection of the Lord Jesus, we really trust that you'll know the joy 
and the peace and the assurance of being made alive in Christ and uh, the secure hope that we have in him. Say bye. Bye. <laughs> Before Christy brings today's message, we're going to listen to today's word, which is taken from John 20, verses 1 to 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved and said, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you were looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them, that he had said these things to her. I wonder if you love surprises. I guess a lot of people would have gotten an Easter egg for Easter and everybody enjoys the chocolate. But actually, I used to absolutely love the Kinder Eggs. You can still get them around and you can get them all year around. And there's a real bonus. Apart from the chocolate, you get a surprise inside. And often it was a toy that it was already made or you had to assemble yourself. I love that kind of a surprise. It's interesting how that word surprise can have so many connotations. It can mean different things. It can either be a good surprise or a bad surprise. A good surprise, often people would uh, get the news that they are expecting a baby and that's a wonderful surprise. Somebody could be surprised by the person that they love is bowing on one knee and pulling a ring out and asking them to marry them. And again, that's a wonderful surprise, but there are also surprises that are very unpleasant. You receive a phone call where you hear that somebody that you love, a relative of yours, is not very well physically, or even worse, a friend might have passed away. So one word to describe many different emotions. And yet this morning, Easter is shrouded in surprise and it has the surprise factor written all over it because the story of Easter is a story of an amazing, beautiful surprise, but it didn't start like that. And right at the very heart of the story of Easter and the resurrection of Jesus is Mary. And in order to understand what an amazing surprise Easter and the resurrection brought into Mary's life, we must understand something else about Mary. And there are two surprises that I want to speak to you about this morning. And the first one is simply this. The first surprise for Mary was that Jesus was dead. You see, several days before, on what we in the Western world celebrate as Good Friday, Jesus was crucified on a cross. Now, this would have been a terrible surprise for Mary. She would have never expected anything like that. Mary's first encounter with Jesus is when Jesus reached out to her. 
in Luke chapter 8, verse 2, it, Luke is telling us that Mary had seven demons in her. And that must have been an awful life for Mary. Her whole life would have been absolutely destroyed and troubled by these demons that were giving her a hard time. Her life would have been so very different than everybody else's life. And I'm sure both she and everybody that loved her would have tried everything on earth to try to help her get rid of these demons without any success. And yet a moment comes in Mary's life, a day in which Jesus encounters her. And as Jesus meets with Mary, he delivers her from those seven demons. It's difficult to know the details of before and after. One thing is for sure, her life was positively transformed by this encounter with Jesus. And as a result, she becomes a follower of Jesus. She has experienced the grace and mercy and power of God in her life through the ministry of Jesus. And she wants to follow him and learn more about this man that had changed her life. So imagine her surprise as they enter into Jerusalem and everything seems to be building up towards Jesus coming into power as the long expected Messiah. And then it all just unravels so quickly into a disastrous situation in which Jesus is being arrested, he is being beaten up, he's being judged, and he's being crucified publicly on Golgotha between two thieves. Her whole life was turned upside down. Her expectations just disappeared because Jesus suddenly wasn't a Messiah that was going to conquer the Romans, perhaps, and reestablish the worship and healthy religious life in Israel like it was in the times of King David and Solomon. Instead, it ends up with Jesus on a cross between two thieves, exposed to the world, mocked by those around him. And it felt like everything had just gone disastrously wrong. This would have been a huge surprise for Mary. This is not how the script should have read. This is not how things should have happened. She shouldn't have had to see Jesus die. Jesus was a good man. He did so much good. And Mary's life was filled with stories she could have told about Jesus touching people's lives, connecting with the untouchables, healing the sick, and preaching such wonderful good news with an amazing teaching that came with authority. And yet it all ends up with him dying on the cross. And that was a huge blow. That was the kind of surprise you don't want to have in your life. And it seemed like when Jesus gave his last breath on the cross, it all finished. There was no hope. The dreams had been shattered. There was nothing else to live for. Everything seemed to be gone. And it simply looked like evil and injustice had triumphed. It's really interesting, Rudyard Kipling in The Jungle Book described this, uh, an episode in which Mowgli asks the animals, what's the most feared thing in the jungle? And he's being told that when two animals meet on a narrow path, one must step aside to make room for the stronger one or the most feared one. And then Mowgli wants to know what kind of animal would that be? One tells him it's an elephant. Another tells him it's a lion. But finally, the wise owl exclaims, the most feared thing in the jungle is death. It steps aside for Noah. Mary would have seen Jesus die. And it felt like the whole Jesus experience simply came to an end. It felt like a tragic full stop. It felt like the end of all hope and the beginning 
of even greater confusion. So that was a surprise that Mary had to experience in her life. But then as we roll back the hours and move towards Easter Sunday, on that morning on Easter Sunday, as Mary is going to the grave, and she's just hoping to be able to somehow look after Jesus's body with the embalming spices that were used. It was according to the custom. I love the way she's so dedicated. She is not a leader and she's a woman. And in those days, she would have been looked down upon. She would have been considered third class at best. And yet, she's the one that's there. You don't find the superheroes of faith, the great disciples, the great men that were supposed to be the leaders, but you find a woman who comes with humility just to simply look after Jesus's body. And that shows amazing dedication. But when she gets to the tomb, she gets another blow, another surprise. It looks like the entrance is open. The stone was rolled away. And as she looks inside, there is no body. And once again, for Mary, this would have been a huge blow because she would have thought to herself, who took his body that we were supposed to look after? And it's that grief that comes very often over parents and relatives who have somebody who dies and they could never, ever have the body to bury it, to look after it. There is something of an unfinished grief that comes with that. And Mary would have been hit hard by another disappointment, another surprise she wouldn't have wanted. She'd already been so surprised by Jesus's arrest and Jesus is being beaten up and Jesus being crucified and Jesus dying. And now on top of everything else, she goes and she finds the grave empty. That would have been a big blow again. But that's where the story takes a turn, an amazing turn, a turn that brings about the hope of the resurrection. Because as she is trying to find some answers to those questions about Jesus's body, she has an encounter with some angels. Wow. This is where the story of Easter takes that amazing turn, where surprises are just coming thick and fast, but this time not those bad surprises that Mary had already experienced, but some wonderful surprises. She has this incredible angelic encounter, and it, it simply says this, they asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they put him. And at this, she turned around. And she saw, drum roll, surprise, surprise, Jesus standing there. But she did not realize it was him. I don't know how she didn't realize it was him. Maybe he looked different. Maybe she was so incredibly upset that her mind was all messed up and she was thinking she, she, she just couldn't recognize him. Or maybe this was such a crazy thing that even if your eyes are telling you something, your brain's telling you something else. Maybe her eyes would have told her, this looks like him. And her brain would have said, don't be stupid. He can't be, he's dead. You would have seen him being crucified. He, he can't be him. And yet this amazing surprise continues because she doesn't just have this angelic encounter, but she encounters Jesus himself. And that would have been an amazing thing in itself, but it continues because Jesus is speaking to her and he says, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Jesus is so lovely. He's connecting with her pain. He sees her tears. And he taps right into the questions that she has. And this is what the resurrected Jesus has done in many people's lives. 
and is continuing to do so and could be doing the same thing in your life too. Jesus sees our pain and Jesus hears our questions and he's able to tap into both our pain and our questions. And he's asking us back, why are you crying? What is it that you're looking for? Who is it that you're looking for? And our lives bear the hallmarks of those two things, the suffering and the questions. And this is exactly how Jesus connects with Mary as he speaks into her life. I love the way he speaks her name. It's so affectionate and it's so personal. And Jesus continues to do the same thing to us today. Not only does he connect with our pain and our questions, but he speaks our name. It's all incredibly personal because that's what Jesus does. He cares about us. We are not just a number. We're a person that he loves. And Jesus speaks to her. And then it says, thinking that he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. Jesus says to her, Mary. He's speaking her name. He's connecting with her on a personal level. And then she turns around towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. This time, when she hears Jesus speak her name, she gets it. Jesus himself once used to say, calling himself the good shepherd, he says, my sheep hear my voice and they recognize me. This is what happens in this moment for her. She hears Jesus speaking to her and she recognizes who he is. And that must have been like a hurricane in, in her heart and mind as she was trying to process all the different emotions and all the different questions and all the different thoughts that she might have had thinking, what's going on? And she moves from that roller coaster of going down on Good Friday with Jesus being crucified. And now she's lifting up and suddenly exciting possibilities are ahead. If Jesus is risen from the dead, well, everything is different. And Mary realizes that this is Jesus and she becomes overwhelmed in such a measure that Jesus speaking to her says, in verse 17, Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me, for I have not returned to the Father. Go and said to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And then Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Mary must have been clinging on to Jesus to the extent that Jesus is simply saying, don't hold on to me. She must have been so overwhelmed with joy, so flooded with fresh hope. It's almost the imagery that often we're familiar with, with a close relative meeting again with somebody who'd been in a very dangerous situation. It's as if they grab hold of them and keep hold of them with such fierce passion that they don't want to let go ever again. It's probably what Mary feels. She's so surprised by this wonderful encounter with the reason Jesus that she's thinking to herself, I want to make sure I don't ever, ever let go of him and lose him again. And yet Jesus is saying, I've got more to do. You see, Jesus risen from the dead has a profound impact on our lives. And Mary's instinctive reaction is to follow what Jesus told her. Jesus said, go back and tell them that you've met me. Tell them that I am alive. Tell all the disciples. And this is what happens. Jesus had done something so significant that actually impacts our lives. Max Lucado, in one of his books called Six Hours, One Friday, tells the story of a missionary in one of the remote tribal areas of Brazil who discovered this uh, tribe that had a weird thing going on. They lived near a large river, 
but they had such a fear of the river. They, they imagined that in the river there were a lot of evil spirits. And the moment you were trying to go into the river, you would be punished by those evil spirits. And however much anybody tried to tell them that this wasn't the case, they just wouldn't believe it. Suddenly, a contagious disease was beginning to ravage the tribal population. Things were going terribly out of hand. People were dying daily. And there was a hospital nearby, but in order to get to the hospital, the tribal people would have had to cross the river. And yet, because of the, their belief that the river was inhabited by evil spirits, they just couldn't get themselves to go onto the other side. Because for them, entering the water meant certain death. And the missionary had, had already explained to them, look, I've already crossed the river and look, I'm, I'm okay, I'm fine, nothing bad's ever happened to me. But they just wouldn't listen. And then in a desperate act of trying to help them, trying to save them from that disease, trying to get them to the hospital, he ended up actually taking most of the tribe on the edge of the river, on the river bank. And then he placed his hand in the water. They still wouldn't believe him. And then he stepped into the water all the way up to his waist and splashed water in his face. And they still wouldn't believe it. And then he began to swim underneath and over the surface, emerging on the other side. And then he just punched triumphantly his fist in the air. He had entered into the water and escaped. And it was only then that those tribal people broke out into a cheer and began to follow him across one by one. That's a dramatic picture that could help us understand the meaning of the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus was crucified on the cross in order to pay for our sins and defeat death and Satan once and forever. It's almost as if Jesus stepped into that river and emerged through his resurrection on the third day, alive, more alive than he's ever been. And in Mary's life, she had that dramatic experience of going through the terrible surprise of Jesus being crucified and dying. And then through the resurrection that comes on Easter Sunday, seeing Jesus being risen from the dead, full of life and having defeated death forevermore. The bad surprise is trumped by the good surprise that comes on Easter. What does this mean for me and you? That's a good question for us on this Easter Sunday. Well, it means the same thing that it probably meant for Mary. Just as much as Mary's life was impacted by both those surprising events, our lives can be impacted too. There is an empty cross that tells us a message of God's love, of a sinless savior who dies on the cross to pay for all my sin and selfishness. But there's also an empty tomb that tells the story of a victorious savior who defeated sin and death forevermore. And those who follow him can discover the love that comes from the empty cross and a new life, the resurrection life that comes from his very own resurrection. You know, all of us have a choice this Easter Sunday, 2020. One of the choices we can make, one of the paths we can take, is just ignore the whole thing and simply say, you know what, Christy, this is fine for you. You're a religious guy, which I'm not. I have a relationship with Jesus, but I'm not a religious guy. But you might say, hey, you're, you're a man of the cloth, you're a minister, you're a churchgoer, this is all right for you, but it's not for me. And you could have that kind of uh, attitude in which you're saying, look, this is not for me. Other people might say, I'm going to dismiss this. It's just a hoax. It doesn't sound true. I don't know anybody who's come back from the dead. So therefore, 
Maybe it's just a made-up fairy tale that's nice and inspirational. And it might be okay for you to believe that, but I don't believe that. Others might say, you know what? Sounds like an intriguing thing. And what happened to Mary sounds very much like something I would love to happen to me. But you know what? Right now is not the time. In the middle of this coronavirus kind of stuff, I, I haven't got the time to, to sort of make a decision. You know, when I retire, this was my dad's excuse. You know, he used to say, you know, when I, when I retire, I'll be thinking about this thing. When I'm getting closer to maybe, you know, thinking about eternity and the things that are on the other side. And you can just postpone it. Or you could do like I did, like Mary did. And just embrace this wonderful invitation that Jesus gives to us on this Easter Sunday. To come and follow him. To experience the forgiving love that comes from the empty cross. And to experience the life-changing power that comes from the resurrection that we are celebrating on Easter Sunday. These are the options that come to us. Listen to the words that the Apostle Paul is writing in Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's how you become a follower of Jesus. It's very much rooted in the resurrection. I remember reading a story some years ago about a Japanese man called Shoikoi Yokoi who after the Second World War was left stranded in the Isle of Guam. He was in hiding and he just simply would come out at night. He would feed himself on this wonderful diet of cockroaches and rats, frogs and mangoes. I can eat one of those. And for many years, although there were leaflets being dropped, telling him that the war had finished and he was free, he was absolutely petrified that he would be caught by the enemies. So he lived in hiding, only coming at night and eating all that kind of weird food. You would not believe this, but 28 years later, some people, some hunters discovered that he was there and he, for some reason, felt that he could believe them. And he decided that he would come out of hiding. What a crazy, tragic story, 28 years to live in hiding, denying the truth that is already there. And yet I think that's the experience that we can sometimes have in our lives. Sometimes our lives can be imprisoned, but not by walls, but by lies. And this morning, my invitation is for every single one of us to come out of that prison into the freedom that comes from the resurrection of Jesus and Easter Sunday. That's my invitation. That's my calling. Let's make Easter. This Easter in 2020, that life-changing moment where we will remember the greatest surprise, good surprise, we could have ever experienced. Amen. sorrow and dead in my sin lost without hope no place to begin your love made a way to let mercy come in when death was arrested and my life began was redeemed, only beauty remains. My orphaned heart was given a name. My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance. 
When death was arrested and my life began All your grace so free Washes over me You have made me new Now life begins with you It's your I'm a prisoner no more My shame was a ransom He faithfully bore He cancelled my debt And he called me his friend When death was arrested And my life began rejoiced as though heaven had lost. You've had a, a great time with us this morning and really enjoyed the service. It's been really good to have a, a variety of people taking part. It's been great fun for me putting it all together, getting all the videos that have, have been coming in. Uh, the children were fantastic. I um, hope you really had a blessed time this morning. Before we finish, we're going to have some notices later, but before we do that, we're just going to pray. So let's just come before God and, and pray together. Father God, we're so, so grateful for Easter. Thank you, Father God, that you sent your one and only Son to, to come down to this earth to, to live as one of us and to die for our sins, but also to rise again. And thank you that we can celebrate that today. And Lord Jesus, I thank you that you were obedient, obedient to death, even death on a cross. Thank you for all the pain, all the suffering, everything that you went through because you loved us, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you made a way where there was no way. Lord, we're so grateful and I thank you that we can celebrate the fact that you rose again, that you rose again today. 
and Lord, we're, we're ever grateful for what you did on that very first Easter. And Lord, we're, we're conscious that this world is broken and that there's lots of suffering, there's lots of pain, there's lots of anguish. But Father, I thank you that this isn't it. Thank you that because of what you did by dying on the cross, that for, for Christians, our hope, our eternal hope is, is a life uh, with you in heaven one day. Father, I thank you that this is temporary, all the suffering that we see around us. Thank you that we have that eternal hope that's, that's certain because of you. Lord, we come to you this morning and we just again, once again, want to um, bring our request to you. Thank you for prayer. Thank you that we've always got access to the Father even though we're isolated, we still have you in our lives. Thank you that you're with us. Lord, we commit all those suffering uh, in our nation, around the world with this terrible virus. Father, we, we pray for an end, Lord. We just commit all those who are suffering right now in hospital or in care homes or even in their homes, Lord, with this, with this illness. Father, we just pray that you'll bring a healing on them. We pray for those who are grieving. We see the numbers day by day growing and our heart goes out to the families and friends of the people who've passed away. Father, we, we pray for that amazing peace that passes understanding. And Father, we pray for, for everyone within the church. Thank you that we can keep together via Zoom, via uh, YouTube, via Facebook and, and, and telephone. Lord, we're, we're grateful for that. Lord, but I pray for those, especially at this time, who are really feeling the loneliness, the separation. Father, I pray a special blessing on them this morning. Thank you that you're with us and thank you that um, you're always there for us, always there for us. Lord, let's just, um, let's just bring our requests to him. Let's just have a time of quiet where we can just bring our individual prayers to him. Thank you, Father God, for the hope that we have in you. Thank you that it's a hope that's certain. It's not something that we wish for, but it's something that we know. Thank you that you answer prayer, that you hear us, that you listen to us. That's a great comfort. Let's just come together and say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Well, thank you for tuning in this morning. Before we go, uh, just a couple of notices. Tonight, Christy's gonna to be bringing another message. Um, that's gonna be on the YouTube channel at 6.30. And then afterwards, there's just gonna be a short time of reflection and, and chat on, on Zoom. Uh, the details will be up on the Facebook page and the WhatsApp group, I'm sure. Next Saturday morning, it's our weekly prayer meeting, um, power hour at 8.30 a.m once again via Zoom, so I'd encourage you to, to join us. If you've not used Zoom yet, it's a really great tool. It's really good to see one another and it's a blessing to, to be together virtually. If anyone needs any help how to get on Zoom, please just ask me, send me a message. I'd love to help you. 
Okay. Keep an eye out on your uh, emails, Facebook page, the WhatsApp group for any news, information, prayer requests throughout the week. Uh, we pray that you have a great day and we look forward to seeing you again tonight. God bless.